The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And if you want your own podcast, by the way, go to pod617.com. It's what we do. We produce the whole show for you. Podcasting is a great way to connect with your network and such. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. We'll send you out a great USB microphone, or you can do it here in our Westwood Mass Studios pod617.com right enough plugs you know why because we've got people in the studio here in westwood today i'm pretty excited because uh, since that covid thing it's people are still a little hesitant to come out and come on we got hot microphones here in the studio i've got my colleague paula constance she's here paula good morning good morning hi everyone how's everything with you just fantastic today Anything exciting over the weekend? No, no traffic coming in because oh. there's snow coming. And oh, is. yeah. it's right. We're recording this on a Monday. We're expecting a big storm. There's a big storm coming. It, I guarantee it's going to be nothing. Let me introduce our guest. I've, I've dilly-dallied long enough. She is a lawyer. Her name is uh, Stephanie Petty. She's going to tell us about real estate law and all kinds of other cool stuff. So welcome, Stephanie. <laughs> Hi. What do you think of the studio? Uh, this is amazing. Definitely the most exciting thing I'm going to be doing all week, <laughs> and anyone listening probably is going to stop in a few seconds because what? I sound incredibly boring. Uh, no, <laughs> no, because we're, we're going to demonstrate why what you do is very interesting and very important. Scooch a little closer to the microphone, okay. Stephanie. So that's it's a stage direction. Yeah, it's podcast business, podcast stuff. Anyway. So let's, we're going to hear about like what's going on in, in real estate, what Stephanie does. Towards the end of the show, we're going to play around the good stuff where all three of us will recommend something good that you're definitely going to want to check out. By the way, I just have to say this. So a big accomplishment for me over the weekend, I made my own pasta. I've never done this before. I, I got suckered in by one of these videos of this woman who said, look how easy it is to make your own pasta. And what she did was she took like a box of Prince spaghetti, like the regular store-bought kind, right? Put it in a blender and like whipped that up and made it into like a powder. She throws an egg in, that becomes the dough, and then you slice it, and you make you, you make your own uh, linguine or whatever. And my son loves pasta, so I made him fettuccine alfredo. He ate the whole thing. It wasn't that good, but have either one of you either done this? I'm not quite sure about the box becoming the pasta. It, it was it's a hack. Like actually, I did it both ways. I did it her way, and then I did it. The, the, the I didn't realize the ingredients in pasta are like flour and a few eggs and a little olive oil. So it was really easy. So, and I have some pasta I just made for you guys here for breakfast. And no, I don't. I'm just kidding. All right. So thank you for indulging me in that silly aside. Stephanie, how was your weekend? Uh, I, that, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> oh, just, just so you know. Well, that's all the time we have here on the Boston podcast. Thanks for coming, Stephanie. I hope you, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Anything great over the weekend? Uh, well, I have three boys. So oh, wow. we are always doing soccer, playing football. We have very busy lives. But I did spend half of this weekend uh, working with other colleagues on how we can protect our clients' money 
mm-hmm. after Silicon Valley Bank was seized oh, on right. Friday. Oh, so, so this is topical. Oh, yeah. yes. So yeah. that was actually a huge conversation that my colleague and I, John Ruggieri, have been having all weekend. So when I leave here, I go back to Boston, and I sort of have a checklist of the things that we can do as a firm to make sure that if um, a bank is seized that we happen to work with, our clients' funds are protected. So do you have clients that banked with Silicon? What's the name of the terrible bank? Silicon Valley Bank? Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. And then there was another seizure yesterday, Signature Bank, out of New York. Mm. So we work with neither. And so I'm terrible. I haven't followed this. They just, what was the cause of this implosion? Do we know? So Silicon Valley Bank apparently had too many of their funds wrapped up in tech, Mm. which is risky. Mm. And so they had to close shop. And so is, is that money protected by the federal government? Sure. So the way it works is the FDIC will mm. insure up to $250,000 per client. So let's say as, an, as a law firm, we have IOLTA accounts. And right. if we have 400 different clients in our IOLTA account, then each client subaccount is two hundred and fifty thousand will be protected. There is other different insurance. So the IOLTA banks. account, I'm gonna show off because I did go to law school. I do remember a few things. It's interest on uh, I can't remember. Uh do you know what IOLTA <laughs> you don't it's interest on lawyers trust accounts? accounts? Yeah, probably. The point is when you take clients' money, which lawyers do of course, you get a retainer, you have to put it in this special account and leave it there until you use it or whatever, right? But but right. while it's sitting there, the interest that it earns goes towards like noble causes like legal aid and things like that, right? That's correct. But the most important thing is you have to like separate it from to avoid fraud and embezzlement and all that stuff. So the now your now your your clients are individuals, corporations generally so we represent my main client, for example, it would be a buyer of real estate. Mm-hmm. So someone is moving from California to Boston, They some a real estate agent will recommend me, mm-hmm. they put them in touch, I talk with them, and then I represent them on the sale, or I'm sorry, on the purchase of their home in Boston, for example. So a lot of times, right before the closing, buyers will send us a tremendous amount of money because we're the settlement agent, closing attorney in Massachusetts. Mm. So we hold a lot of money for clients. Okay. And so your clients see this thing with Silicon Valley Bank and they're freaking out. It's like, What if it happens to our, is it going to happen to the bank that you have? And you told them what? Well, that's exactly what I'm going back to the office <laughs> okay. after this to discuss and how we're going to address it with clients. And I will be addressing it directly with clients. Yeah, because $250,000 sounds like a lot. In many cases, it's, it's going to be nowhere near enough to it's protect n- some of your clients, right? It's not enough. Yeah. So I am hearing that the government is going to refund everybody's money. Oh, really? um, so they're not calling it a bailout, but it essentially is a, another yeah, bank it's a bailout. bailout. Yeah. Will the bank survive after this or no? I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, at least they get punished. I don't want them bailed out and all happy after the whole thing. <laughs> well, geez, I, I learned a lot. I'm glad we talked about this because it's always scary when a bank fails. So, but tell us what, why you like what you do representing uh, buyers in, in real estate transactions. 
So I actually love real estate and that sort of sets me apart from other real estate lawyers because most real estate lawyers just completely despise what they do. They just, they're grumpy. They walk around. I hate real estate. I hate this business. And I really enjoy what I do a lot. I'm coming up on 20 years. Wow. You started when you were seven years old. I was eight. Oh, okay. Well, prodigy. Yeah, so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and why? Is every day different? What's exciting about it? Every day is very different. And I have a lot of different clients. So 20 years ago, it was all first-time home buyers. It was all people struggling to buy $250,000 single-family homes or $185,000 condos. Over the years, those first clients are now on their fourth or fifth home. Now they're buying three, four million dollar homes, three, four million dollar condos in Boston. So I get to grow along with my clients. Mm. I have about a, a, a nice list of 800 clients that I loved working with, they loved working with me, and I stay in touch with them. I'm on your Yelp page right now. You got very high reviews from your. No, I'm just kidding. You're not on Yelp. Lawyers aren't on Yelp, are they? Uh, yes, they are. They are. Oh yes. my god, I was only kidding. <laughs> yes, I had forgotten about I, that. I was surprised about that, but I actually get really <laughs> good clients through Yelp from California. Wow, it's not just for burritos. What? <laughs> Why California? I have no idea. Really? Yeah, it okay. just must be in a more industry standard there to look for professionals. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, we make fun of Yelp. Well, we do, but I mean, you can make fun of it, but it works. And when I used to work for Lawyers Weekly, we we used to make just to use an example of something. We used to make fun of super lawyers. So super lawyers has been around for decades, and. It is supposed to be a magazine, website, whatever, featuring the um, best of the best when it comes to lawyers in the state. But we, Stephanie, Stephanie's already nodding her head. Yes, it's a little silly because it's a popularity contest. It's just like it, it, there used to be something called Who's Who, I think, Who's Who in Business, and it was the same kind of thing. It's like so we used to make fun of it every year, but then we would bum out because the super lawyers is doing just fine and people buy ads in the thing and everything. And lawyers will put it on their webpage and everything because people know super lawyer. Are you a super lawyer, Stephanie? I have to be careful here because a lot of okay. people in my firm are, but yeah. I am not. And I'm, I'm completely okay with that because I am a super lawyer. You, you are a super lawyer, <laughs> lowercase super. Right. So every, every home we know is different. And tell us some of the things that you have to some of the pitfalls or potential disasters that you have to guide your clients around? So we, there are a lot of title issues in real estate. So what people don't realize is if you go into a store and you go and purchase something, let's say at Target, and you own that item, you buy it, you walk out with it, you own it. When you purchase a piece of real estate, especially in Massachusetts, you're buying a very long history of the real estate. Mm. So you're buying hundreds of hundreds of years of history. And if there are any issues when you close, if they're not corrected before you purchase the property, then you buy that problem. That Mm. problem is automatically yours. So old liens, old probates, if someone was left out of a probate and they eventually find out that they have some stake in that property, that becomes the buyer's problem. Mm. Also, if the house is haunted, that's part of the history when you're... Well, I would like that. (laughs) You would? I absolutely would love to live in a haunted house. (laughs) Come on. Why? 
<laughs> I love horror movies. Really? Love All right. Them. Well, well, this is a podcast. We're allowed to talk about what we want. What's your favorite horror movie? Oh, gosh. Mama. Mama? I don't think I've seen that. Who was in that? I don't or think was... anybody else has seen oh. it other than me. <laughs> I thought you meant Mother, which is up. Mother, that's also a, a horror movie, but that was terrible. Um, but what happens in Mama? Does Mama kill everybody? Well, yes. So, Mama, Oh, thanks for spoiling it. No, yeah, I, sorry, yeah, I walked into that. It, it's actually a great movie. So these little girls are left in the woods, and Mama, an evil spirit, protects them. Mm. And then they are eventually found and brought back home. But Mama was not happy about that. So she follows and tries to retrieve them back to her. Really? Wow. Have you seen what's the one? There's a movie that's out now. Oh, what, what is it? The the It's like an artificial intelligence, like robot girl who turns bad. You haven't seen the trailers for this or whatever? No. Um, now I can't think of what it's called. Paula, do you have any questions for Stephanie while I look for the robot movie? Well, Dave is looking for the movie. <laughs> I was actually a little curious about the history of the homes when you said they buy the history of the homes. Do you have any examples of what what could that be? What would be an, something that would come up that you wouldn't expect? So at this point, because of the amount of transactions that I've been involved in, I've, I think I've hit almost every single scenario. So I, I'll give you one that I'm actually dealing with right now. I was working on it this morning before I came here. So this piece of property is out near Worcester, and a particular family has owned it for about 80 years. The original set of people who owned it passed away, and their son inherited the property. Their son later passed away, and his daughter inherited the property. She then passed away. So that woman, that last woman, is the seller. Her estate is selling the property. However, there's no deed into her because she lived with her father. He passed away. She inherited, and that's in quotes, I know you can't see me, but she inherited the property just through operation of law. There was never any deed into her. There's never. There's nothing that actually shows that she's the owner of the property, but she is. So my buyers are purchasing the property, and we have to prove that she actually owns the property so he can buy it from her. Wow. I know, it sounds boring. No, it no, actually no. sounds very <laughs> cool. I'm sure the buyers are very happy that they have you. They're a little nervous because... This is why you, buy, this no, is why you hire a lawyer. Yes, nobody likes to hear problems. They really don't. So everyone, our long national nightmare is over. I figured out what movie it was. It's called Megan. I haven't seen it yet, but we're going to listen to a little bit of the trailer just for kicks and giggles. And I had the audio wrong on the board. Come on, Dave. Bad podcast producing. Well, did you see uh, Child's Play with Chucky? Yes. I'm still back. So I think this is kind of, did you like that one? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what are you getting against Chucky? Oh, the little doll. I mean, oh, well, Annabelle. The... Annabelle. Oh, I Annabelle. Like that. I like the Annabelle movies because it's based on a true story, supposedly. Based on a true story that the doll comes to life and kills people? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'll buy that. <laughs> uh, this is Megan. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. 
Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> okay. God, please, no. Oh, God. So yeah, it's it's not really quite lifelike robot, but God, I would run screaming away because of the way that... <laughs> so you haven't heard of that? No, but I will definitely be watching that. <laughs> yeah, so that stars Allison Williams, who's the... She's the anchor Brian Williams' daughter, who was great in uh, Get Out. Did you... Oh, Get Out was good. Good, right? Yes. Okay. And I don't know if you noticed, but the producer was the producer of Annabelle. Oh, really? In the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, that's why she's a lawyer. She notices the details. Very good. So... Tell us the most unusual client you've ever handled. Do you ever get, I mean, people that have tons of money and buy real estate, there are some eccentric ones mixed in there. Anything come to mind? Most unusual. Oh, gosh. Or or let, let me ask an easier question. Like, can you think of maybe the oldest house that you've ever been involved in the purchase of? I'm just going for haunted house again, as you can see. Think of it. You know, in Boston, there is a lot of old homes. Mm-hmm. And when I pull ISD records, it's not that uncommon for there to be records of people who had died in the home. Okay. So they're usually on file with the inspectional services department. So I will let my buyers know when someone has passed away in the home. Uh, whether it be through fire, ran into a lot of suicides. Mm. So su- is suicide in the home is something that you have to disclose? Sellers do not. They do not need to disclose anything. Or a murder? They do not. Okay. No, but I do recommend as buyers you Google the home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good good idea. Because that is the th- – I'm coming back around to horror movies. It, al- it always happens the same way. There's a show on Netflix now called We Have a Ghost, which isn't that good. But – it's like the family moves into this old creaky house and they're like, the price seemed awfully low. Is there something you're not telling us? And the realtor's like, no, no, it's wonderful. It's a little bit of a fixer upper, but it's, it turns out, yeah, there's a dude who died in there and he's haunting the house. So <laughs> so a little lawyer caveat here. A seller does not have to disclose certain things, but if they're asked, then they cannot oh, yeah. lie. Okay. So buyers. Ask if there's been any shenanigans or tragedies in the home that you're thinking of purchasing. Always. Yeah. So, <laughs> so lawyers get a bad rap. I know this. I was, I've, I've been, I have, I'm still an inactive member of the Massachusetts Bar. But tell me, does that ever frustrate you that when you hear somebody say, oh, great, the lawyers are involved? I actually completely understand it. Why? Because there's a lot of lawyers in general that seem to think they're kind of above other people and above rules and regulations. And I don't like that. And then a lot of lawyers will uh, not respond to people if they don't feel as if that person deserves a response. Mm. And I'm just I'm very, very different than that, that, that type of pro- professional. Why do, you th- why do you think that is? Because lawyers get what? Burned out, grumpy, they're just horrible people in general. <laughs> I'll go with one and two. Okay. <laughs> right. going to really make the bar mad here. <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think that's true, though? Because when I, I went, I joke, I say I went to law school because my favorite TV show is L.A. Law. And so it, it, naturally, of course, I had to become a lawyer. And the first time I worked in a law firm, I was struck at, the mean word would say how boring it is, but, but it's just, it, 
it's it's a lot of it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of just green lampshade stuff where you're just sitting there trying to. A lot of times, you're searching for some twist in research that might or might not even exist. It feels kind of pointless. The the client contact is typically not doesn't take up a huge part of your day, and being in court absolutely takes up very little of your day with certain except certain kinds of lawyers, right? So. It doesn't seem to have uh, burned you out, though. Why do you think? I think because I have landed on practice areas that I actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taken me 20 years to get there. I was a general practitioner for 10 years. I was a divorce attorney. Now I do real estate, probate, and estate planning. And those three things really, really go, they work very well together. So let me guess, you did get burned out on family law. I did. And it wasn't because I didn't enjoy the work. It was because once you are attorney of record for somebody, it doesn't matter whether they have any money to pay you or if they want to pay you. You Mm -hmm. have to continue to represent them, and they could owe you years' worth of work, and it doesn't matter. So as a solo practitioner at the time, I couldn't afford to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Did Have you ever told a judge that Mr. Green hasn't showed up yet? Do you know that? Do you know what that means? Maybe that's an old school thing. It, it used to be. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Uh, Mr. Green money? Yes, exactly. So I, I couldn't believe lawyers actually did this, but lawyers would say to a judge, well, we need, for just as an example, I need another month to continue this case, judge. It's like, what's the reason for that counsel? Because, well, we're waiting for one of our witnesses, Mr. Green, to show up. And he would say it so that the client, doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe the client afterwards says, who's Mr. Green? It's like, ah, oh, don't worry about that. So the client hasn't paid him yet. So it's that always cracked me up. But, I mean, you do have to get paid. But you're right. And that, that is, it's, it's very hard to extract yourself from a case once you're the lawyer of record. So how would your clients describe you, do you think, Stephanie? Definitely energetic. I may not appear to today because I feel no, like I've been working great. all weekend, but I, I have a lot of energy. I'm very We're going to speed up the pace of this podcast about 20%. So you're going to sound more energetic. You will also <laughs> sound like a chipmunk. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do that. Sorry, you were saying er- energetic. Uh, incredibly thorough. My office probably is the anal, but I really am. I never, ever do not follow up with something. I put reminders on my phone. I put reminders on my calendar deadlines immediately go on my calendar. So I'm really, uh, I really, really pay attention to all of the little details. Is that an Apple watch on your wrist? It is. How do you like them? I love it. Why? Because I've never made the leap. <laughs> so and I, I like gadgets, but I have a daily competition um, mm. with my significant other as to who moves more and exercises more. Mm-hmm. And and if somebody loses the day, the other person has to buy dinner. Wow. Which can be actually very expensive <laughs> lately. <laughs> so, but uh, your significant other might have a couple hours free in the day and you're working all day. It's not fair. It's Sometimes it is not fair <laughs> at all. <laughs> so does that mean, do you like running? Uh, I do. No, yeah. You do? Okay. Yep. So when you get a free moment, you're going to run. All right. Well, we better wrap up the podcast so you can run to your next thing. (laughs) We are going to play a round of good stuff before we depart. Before we do that, let me take a quick minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, we produce them here. You can do it out of the comfort of your own home. We'll send you out a USB microphone. 
quality one too, not one of those crappy ones. And you can plug it in and we'll do the show right from the comfort of your own home or you can do it here in our Westwood Mass studios. A podcast is a great way to connect with the people you want to connect with, whether it's clients, prospective clients, ghosts and haunted houses. I mean, really, they're big podcast listeners, by the way, because they can they don't even need a, an iPhone. They just hear it in the air. You know that stuff. Go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play around to good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. You know, most guests will dance to the music to good stuff, Stephanie. You said your energetic <laughs> failed. Oh, wait. Where's my sound effect? I'm, I'm just kidding. Sorry. I'm just kidding. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. I'm sure you're a great dancer, but, you know, maybe not. maybe not in a podcast. <laughs> I am not a great It's a dancer. good way to keep up with your steps. You get a lot of steps if you do the hustle. Uh, so, Stephanie, you're the guest. We'll let you go first. Do you have something good to recommend to our listening audience? A recommend? Yes. As in terms of... A book. Oh. Oh, remember we talked about this before? Remember? Oh. You want me to rewind um, the tape? You want, do you want to go last? Well, when someone asks me a recommendation, yep. I think of pizza. Oh, well, that's good. What, <laughs> what, okay. we, could, we, we could use that, yeah. All right. What's uh, the best pizza place? So Chow's Pizza in Chelsea is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And Rena's in the North End is a little hole in the wall, but it is real pizza from Italy. Both wow. No idea. Are you pro or con Pizzeria Regina in the North End? No? Uh, con? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> the original Regina's is pretty good. They franchise it, and I don't know if the other the franchises are, are out there. There's a new one in my neck of the woods called Crisp. There are two locations that I know of, Walpole and Canton, but they do the bar-style pizza. Now, do you know what that is? You may not know because you're, you're, you're up there on the North Shore. It's more of a South Shore thing. It's single-serve pizzas that are, I'm showing how big, this is good podcasting, about this big, okay, everyone get that, <laughs> designed so you could eat it at a bar. Bar's not big enough maybe for the huge pizza, and the town spa in Stoughton is probably the best one known place around, my favorite pizza in the world, but Crisp is, is pretty good too. Now, Rena's probably has, they're probably huge and like a lot of drippy cheese and stuff. Uh, no, no. Have you been uh, to Italy? Yeah, once. It was yeah. a while ago. I don't know if, I don't remember whether I had pizza. But oh. what, what's, what's Italy style pizza? So Italy is the, the, the bread, the flour, very certain types of tomatoes and cheese are allowed on the pizza. And there's very few places in the United States can actually do it. Mm, okay. But Rena's does it well. Rena's does it amazing. Okay. All right. Paul, do you have a favorite pizza place? I love all pizza. I don't have a favorite pizza place. Okay. I have a favorite pizza. I really like vegetarian pizza because I like the combination uh, of flavors. I boring. Like, no, I'm just kidding. That's, so we're talking like what are your what do you what do you want on there? Everything, except uh, olives and pineapple. You want pineapple? No, on? I like pineapple. Is but that you, a vegetable? No, it's not. It's a fruit. It's the only <laughs> fruit pizza. But no. So you got you got onions, peppers, mushrooms. Mushrooms. Mushrooms are important Spinach. for the pizza. Spinach. Throw okay. it all on there. I love it. All right. My. Starring. What's your What's your go? <laughs> starving. We right don't now. have any pizza in the next. studio. What's your go to order, Stephanie? Oh, margarita pizza with prosciutto on it. Oh wow, that's good. 
I like the whole like heart attack, like uh, pepperoni and hamburger on there. So anyway, Paul, it's your turn for good stuff. Good what do you got? stuff. I have good stuff. Okay. Well, because we're getting a March snowstorm tomorrow. Allegedly. I had, I had this great good stuff about snowflakes. Mm-hmm. So if you were wondering, others want to know, can you see individual snowflakes? Hmm. Well, sounds like a trick question to me, but I think you can. Well, I have an answer. Okay. And I'm going to read it. Okay. This, this person, whoever they are, says, in internet world, many people assume you need a microscope or expensive photographic equipment to see the shapes of snow crystals. In fact, you can very often see a lot of detail with the naked eye. Just look carefully as they fall on your gloves or coat, and mm. you will be surprised. Wow. So tomorrow is your chance. Tomorrow is your chance. Maybe. Six to 12 inches in New Hampshire. Massachusetts, I don't know. Yeah, we are supposed to get a bunch, but so that's good stuff. But they said that is good stuff. Yes, you get a ding for that. So I think I've seen snowflakes before. Like if it falls on your glove or something. I mean, they're pretty small, but it probably. But they, they must differ. I mean, they say that there aren't two that are alike, right? So, but I wonder if the flakes look bigger if it's like right away, having lived here long enough, the difference between the fluffy snow and the wet snow. That's a huge difference, especially when you're shoveling, right? But I wonder if they look different. Like, does the wet snow look like a little chubby or something? Maybe? Do you think? I don't know, but (laughs) we'll find out. All right. We'll find out. We'll take some pictures. My Good Stuff is a documentary that is airing on Hulu. It's part of the New York Times Presents documentary. I think this just came out. It's called The Sin Eater, which sounds weird. Maybe they'll explain it. Maybe they won't. But essentially, it's about this... Holly, the the like rise and fall of this big time Hollywood private investigator kind of has to do with lawyers and two stuff, Stephanie. So get ready, and uh, I'll play a little bit of the trailer. Hollywood in the '90s was about power, and that's where Anthony Pelicano enters the picture. This guy's getting hired by rich people, powerful people to solve high level problems. Michael Jackson, Burt Fields, Howard Weitzman. You're not going to get no blow to the career. It ain't going to happen. Just stick with me, baby. I'll take care of it. He would acquire information ruthlessly. There were rumors that Pelicano had been wiretapping people. Pelicano had a number of sources within the telephone company to implement an illegal wiretap. He had a room that was dubbed the War Room, which was filled with computers. A lot of his clients really bought into that because he seemed like the PI you'd hire from TV. They recorded all of his phone conversations. This film is the first time a lot of these recordings are going to be heard. If you come to me, that's the end of that. I'm very heavy-handed, honey. Anthony Pelicano is going to go down. The question is, who else is going to go down with him? So that was a New York Times reporter, but it is pretty interesting because they have a lot of these phone conversations. One of the first ones you hear is with Chris Rock, and I guess, I don't want to spoil or anything, but like Chris Rock was involved in a dalliance with a female. Actually, it was, I mean, it was in all the papers. A woman accused him of fathering her child, and so... You hear like the conversation between Chris Rock and this Anthony Pelicano, and Pelicano is is ruthless. Like he's he's like, well, we're gonna. He basically says in his own words, we're gonna discredit this this claimant. We're gonna like drag her name through the mud. But the guy was so brash that he just wiretapped everybody. So he did like all all of his clients, all of um, he. I don't know exactly how he did it, but and. They talked to him in the documentary. 
I still can't. I haven't finished yet, so I can't figure out if he's actually in jail or he already served his sentence. But he did go down for wiretapping. Now, Stephanie, how often do you wiretap? Uh, like per day? I had to stop doing that. <laughs> I have to see this. Yeah. Sin Eater. Yeah, Sin Eater. Yeah. Wow. On Hulu. I mean, see, the lawyers I know, for the most part, I'd say, and I know tons of them. I'd say ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of them would never dream of doing something so brash and illegal and unethical as that, right? Right. Like, tell me about the lawyer's relationship with the Board of Bar Overseers and the Code of Professional Ethics. <laughs> oh, tell me, seriously. <laughs> so 99.9% of lawyers in Massachusetts are absolutely amazing stand-up people. Yeah. And they may be, well, they may, amounts, as, they may be miserable and burned out, but... But they play by the rules, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the miserable burned out is just real estate attorneys. Right. I think everyone else is fairly happy. Yeah. Now, to, <laughs> and you're the one exception to that rule, I is really that what you're am. saying? I okay. Am. okay. Yeah, the one exception. <laughs> uh, but you love your colleagues, right? I do. Okay. And to be clear, Pelicano isn't a lawyer and wasn't a lawyer, but worked very closely with lawyers. And these were all court cases. And he worked on the Michael Jackson case. I mentioned Chris Rock, and there are a bunch of others. Gary Shandling had this big lawsuit that his former partner, girlfriend, sued him after she got fired from his show. That And so you'll check it out. The The New York Times is, is not dead, and they're smart to go into documentaries. They've done a bunch of these, but anyway. Well, we are up against the clock here, but Stephanie, I hope you had a good time. Uh, this was a lot of fun, definitely. It's, it was the first podcast, people, so she did darn well, I'd say, for for uh, first time. Tell people if they want to learn more about you and your practice, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Uh, so my website or my firm's website is bdboston.com. So B is in boy, D is in dog, boston.com. And the entire world has my cell phone, which is the best way to reach me quickly, which is 617 251 4278. A lawyer that gives out her own cell num- number, that's bold, Stephanie. Thank you. And I just took it down and I'm going to wiretap it now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't sanction me, authorities. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And go to pod617.com if you'd like your own show. On behalf of Stephanie and Paula, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.